Uh, we're going to get into something today that's very, very important. Of course, uh, last week I mentioned some things about who God is and His identity, and we talked about us, each one of us being purchased. Everybody say purchased. Somebody's got a crowd breaker going. <laughs> purchased by the blood of Jesus. Everybody say, I've been purchased. This is very, very important, and uh, who God is and what God is, is very important. Uh, we began, or we talked about it, it's a continuation of some things I've been studying, uh, and so we've been talking about this when I've been teaching, uh, whether on Wednesday or Sunday. But uh, to reiterate just a few things before we go to James chapter 1, verse 23, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to look at the book of James chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 23. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen here behind me. Uh, but God ha is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is one of those principles of God that we need to understand scripturally, that God doesn't change. Men change. Somebody say amen. And uh, also, I think it's very important for us to recognize that just because certain things are written in the Bible doesn't mean those things were pleasing to God. I mean, somebody you know, would say, well, I, I'd like to be like David. Well, David, uh, the Bible doesn't hide all the bad stuff and only show you the good stuff. Because David wasn't, was a king, there were a lot of kings that were evil kings, but uh, David, obviously, there were mistakes in his life. He murdered a woman's husband and took the woman to be his own wife uh, and had a child by her. And so uh, those are not exemplary uh, activities, behaviors. These are not behaviors that God wants us to duplicate. In fact, the Lord was not pleased with that. Somebody say amen. One of the other issues, and Paul writes about it in... in uh, the Gospels, he was talking about a servant. Everybody say servant. The Bible uh, mentions some things about servants. And obviously, we understand in our, in our nation's history uh, the issue of slavery or, or servanthood. And you say, well, the Bible has you know, servants in it, so God must want people you know, to be subservient to others. Well, we know that's not God's will either. Just because men operated that way does not mean that was pleasing to God. You do understand that, correct? Okay, so, so when Paul is writing about a servant, who uh, Onesimus, who should be uh, brought back into service of the home he's in, this is not... Paul's validation of the way society was at that point. So uh, what I'm saying to you when, when I say God doesn't change, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is love. <laughs> that doesn't change. God is holy. That doesn't change. Uh, so... Uh, the, the revelation of who God is into the world shows us I don't believe we would have known anything of love if God hadn't revealed His love to us. Uh, I, I wonder, when you start looking at human emotion and humanity, you wonder uh, how man can, um, can study as he studied and, and plan as he planned and build as he built and reserve the right room and overlook in a concert in Las Vegas and a man... 
uh, purchase what he purchased and do what he did and open fire on innocent people down below who's gathered for a fun time for a weekend. I think there are many times we see humanity's uh, degradation. I think that we, we don't have to look far to see that, that if it weren't for God, we, we'd be in bad shape. In fact, the scripture says the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by something. That's not taking classes. That's not going to rehab. The love of God is given to you by the Holy Ghost. So you need the Holy Ghost to love like you ought to love. Somebody say amen. We need the love of God in our hearts to love like the Lord wants us to love. So without this God revealing himself to us, this unchanging God, uh, we'd be in darkness. In fact, John 1 says that that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then you read down those verses, and this is not the nature of my, or the focus of my lesson today, but the Bible tells us about this God who was light and shined into darkness. Darkness was the world we lived in. If God hadn't chosen to shine into the darkness, we'd have no, we, we wouldn't know what the light is. It's by God's grace that He revealed to us who He is and what He is so we can know there's a better way. (laughs) Otherwise, we wouldn't even see the way. Jesus said, I am the way. The way is not a path, it's a person. Oh, somebody say amen. So, So we wouldn't even know these things. We wouldn't even know that we could be better people if it had not been for the Lord. So, so we, we need to understand that today. And that's where we kind of uh, talked about last week. God is unchangeable. It's the same yesterday. He's holy. Now, uh, I want to just give you a few examples of that. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, this is where God created man. He said uh, all those creative things that he did in those six days. And on the sixth day, he created man in his own image and his own likeness. And he put that man in a garden. Everybody say in a garden. Gardening's hard work. Uh, But in that garden, it was a perfect place. In fact, up until the flood of Noah, there there wasn't even rain on the earth. So uh, there was some of that perfection, I guess, could be a holdover. The earth was watered in a certain fashion. There weren't storms like we have today. So, uh, but that's not the focus of this lesson either. Uh, But in Eden, in Eden, we see uh, God's intention for man. what God intended for you and I. So let's talk about that for a minute. When I say the Garden of Eden and man being in it, what comes to your mind? Let's, let's, what immediately comes to your mind? Garden of Eden uh, and man being placed in that garden. Just give me a few things. That you can say them. It's not a bad thing to say something in church. Come on. Serpent. Serpent. When I talk about God's intention for you in the garden, before it was messed up, anything come to mind, serpent comes to mind. Of course, that's the beginning of a uh, dark chapter that continues to this day, right? Okay, what uh, if God intended things for you, what were those intentions? Anything in there catch you? Garden of Eden. Lawless. 
flawless. Flawless. Somebody say flawless. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God intended me to be flawless. <laughs> Amen. How many of you got that squared away? Flawless. Anything else? That's very good. I hear a bunch of things, but one at a time. Dominion. Very pleasant. Relationship. God came every evening and walked with it. So God didn't just put him in there and say, have fun. I'll see you in a couple hundred years. He came every day, right? So God intended relationship. He intended for us to have Pleasant things, he intended for us to have dominion because he said have dominion over all these are things God intended. Anything else God intended for you? No pain. Very good. No pain. Boy, wouldn't that be great? Painless life. Anything else? Innocence. Everybody say innocence. God intended us to live innocent lives. Innocent lives. Anything else? These are very interesting. So, uh, but, so in Eden we see God showing us His ideal. Everybody say His intention. Okay, that's what God intended. That's what God intended. Let's look at James 1 verse 23. Let's look at this passage and I'll try to give you all a little heads up uh, so you can uh, see this. Let's look at James uh, 1 for if any, Read it out loud with me right now. For if anyone be a hearer of the word... And not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Everybody say glass. Now he's obviously talking about some kind of reflective, uh, we would think of that term probably mirror. Uh, let's go on to the next verse. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. What manner of man he was. Everybody say was. So this is obviously talking about the manner of man he was. Everybody say the man he was. When he looks in a glass, he sees something, but he leaves and he forgets what he was. Okay? Now a lot of people say, well that means if, if you look in the Word and you're forgetful here, you'll look in the Word and you'll see yourself, and when you walk away, you don't remember what you look like. That's a good, well, Lynn said that's a good thing. Some of us need to forget, well... Anyway, let's go back to the 23rd verse if you don't mind. There's a very important word in this 23rd verse. The word is natural. It's right out there on the right on the second line. Everybody say natural. If a man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. The word natural here in this verse, is, this verse is obviously written in the Greek language by James. And the word here is Genesis. I hear some, hmm, hmm. You know why we're hearing that? This verse says when you look in the Word, you are seeing your Genesis face. Sweet. How many would like to see your Genesis face? The one God intended for you to have. God shows us in His Word what He intends for us. And the Bible says that in the Word, which is the mirror, and God created us in His own image. How many believe that? Genesis 1.27. It tells us that when we look in the Word, which is what God intended for us, we see the Genesis face. It means when I look in the Word and His Word says I'm forgiven, my Genesis face is innocence. 
Uh-oh. This, this is the same word that James says is able to save our souls. Why does a man look in the word, he sees his Genesis face, but he only hears it. He doesn't want to do his Genesis face. He turns away from it and he forgets what manner of man he was. What is that manner of man he was? That's that innocent man, made innocent by the blood of Jesus. Oh, praise God. (laughs) Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. God's intention for me, if I look in the Word, I see it. But if I don't want to do it, I will turn and forget what God intends for me. He doesn't want me to be focused on pain or destruction or, or depression or discouragement. He's got better things for me. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord if you believe that. God has better things for you. So, uh, God wants us to have a Genesis face. Everybody say a Genesis face. And we need to look in the Word and say, Now, God, I'm not going to... Uh-oh. I got I to gotta unloosen this just a little bit. When my blood pressure starts going up, my neck starts swelling. Or maybe that's when I start hollering or something. I just need to teach real, here we go. This will help me. This will help me to keep it together. I got to stay calm back here. I need one of those big long sticks they used to point to the chalkboard with. (laughs) Think about this now. This is my Genesis face. This is the face God wants me to have. Listen, when I look in the Word, listen, this is very important. This is vitally important to your spiritual health. When you look in the Word, when you're reading verses, I'm, let me just say it for my personal life. My devotion to God and His Word changed completely when I tried to find verses and make a match what I wanted to see. When I quit trying to make the mirror like my old human face, not my Genesis face. I tried to make the Word match my anger. I tried to make the Word match my unfaithfulness. No. When you look in the Word, it's going to show you something. It's going to show you what God intended. Now you can argue with it and say, well, I don't like... But the best, thing, the best way to devote yourself to the Word of God is to say, okay, Lord, help my face change into what you want me to be. What you intended for my life, let the Word work on my life, Lord, because I see what you want from me. (laughs) Somebody say amen. So we could get, we could do the rest of the lesson on what God intends for you. Because you can read in the Bible and find a lot of God's intentions for you. Okay? But I, I don't know if I need to make that leap here. Surely I can expect you to make that leap. But let me give you one for an example. Paul said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, so much more as you see the day approaching. So when I look in the Word and see, you need to get to the house of God and be with God's people. Now I can say, well, I don't like what I see. Well, that's God's Genesis face. That's what, that's what He wants for you. And when I run over verses that say that's what he wants for me, it's easy for me to say, well, I don't like that, so I'm not going to do it. Well, just, just know that when you do that, you're turning from your Genesis face. <laughs> and
And it's one thing to argue with God about why the world isn't like it is anymore, right? Why now we have pain and death and darkness and people abusing one another and folks shooting one another. We can get all gripey about why God would let that happen all the time while we're not letting the Word get our face back to the Genesis face. See, we want to we wanna talk about all this stuff going on that we're going to blame God for, but when we know that the change starts on my face, not everybody else, it starts on me. Oh, I don't want that. No, see, we want to talk out of both sides of our mouth. We want God to be accountable for all the horror in the world, but none of it on our face. We want to rebel and do our own thing and tell God he doesn't know what he's doing, but yet we want him to explain all this other stuff. Well, why don't we start with our Genesis face? Why don't we start with what does God want from me? I'm not talking about Frankie or Todd or or anybody else. What does God want from me? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, mind your own business. That's what I'm saying, basically. That's what I'm saying. Just mind. What I'm saying is, if you'll get in the Word and say, Lord, I want, I want what this Word says I am. Somebody say amen. All right, there are, no, there are a number of other verses that point to Eden. Everybody say Eden. About our Genesis face, a pure face. A pure face. Amen. Now, the only place I get that is looking in the Word, right? Because when I go, I still got pain. When I look in the Bible, I see the Genesis that God... Well, wait a minute. Why didn't God heal me so I could live another 50 years? Well, wait a minute. God's intention was for me to be in a spiritual relationship with Him in a perfect place. Is that here? No, it's not here at all. God's intention for me was to be in a perfect place where there is no darkness. <laughs> in a place where there is no pain and no death. I know that. That's what He intended. So when I look in here, and I know He says, if you ask anything, I'll do it. And I know He says, I'll heal your diseases. I know that. But when He doesn't, I want to keep that Genesis face on me that says, this world's not my home. <laughs> I'm just passing through. <laughs> Yeah, so, so my Genesis face has nothing to do with the way I'm feeling, losing my job. Everybody okay? Man, the implications of this are huge. That when I look in the Word, I see my Genesis face. That's the only place I can see it. Is everybody okay? Please, don't, what that means is don't get your identity from from who you marry. Well, I'm just half a person and I'm looking for that one person that's going to make me whole. (laughs) Guess what? You're going to find that one person and you're going to get shocked because they're not going to make you whole because you're not whole by yourself. Well, my identity is who I'm dating. I got to have a boyfriend. Oh, yeah, that's what you got to have, isn't it? Hey, there are some people that get their identity at work. I'm important because work says I'm important. Well, wait a minute. What about what Jesus says you are? That's where you get the Genesis face. Not from a job description. Well, look how great I am at work or look what a great husband I am. No, I am who Jesus said I am. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Everybody okay? Yeah. Because this world can put some stickers on you. Some tags on you. Everybody all right? The Word is the only place I can see my Genesis face. The thing God intended for me. So man, I'm going to keep my face on it. The Word that is. Everybody okay? Alright. There's a couple other things that Jesus point, Jesus and Paul, two of them, referred to that Genesis, that Eden, that, that intention that God had. Everybody say God's intention. Let's look at it. Jesus and Paul both referred to these. Jesus referred to it when He was asked about a very important subject evidently also in that day. He was asked about Divorce. Everybody say divorce. Jesus was asked about the issue of divorce. When is it okay? I'm getting kind of tired of this situation. When is it okay for me to give my spouse a bill of divorcement? Everybody, what's getting quiet now? I think we need to start serving cinnamon rolls during the class. That way we have something to look forward to. Oh, brother, oh, brother Gene, you serious? You're going to talk about? Yeah, let's look at Matthew 19 and 8. Jesus referred to something. Everybody say it's the Genesis face. Yeah, what is God's intention? God showed us His intention in Eden. All the way back there in the beginning. All right, Matthew chapter 19, verse 8. He saith unto them, they just ask him, what about divorce? When can we divorce? Jesus said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. Now what that suffered, that's a KJV word. Basically what Jesus is saying here is that Moses gave you an out because your heart was unchanging. It was hard. So Moses gave you an out because of your heart. Not her, not him. Uh oh. Everybody say the problem is me. Oh no. No, it's not. Oh, it's everybody else, isn't it? Okay. Well, anyway, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, gave you an out, told you you could put away your wife. But from what? Yeah, right here, Jesus said, I want to tell you, I want to, I want to take you all the way back. To your Genesis face. In the beginning, it wasn't that way. You know what he's saying? There was no divorce in the beginning. Now, I understand you're going to say, oh, well, surely there sure wasn't because there's only one man and one woman. Think about it. I had nothing to compare it to, you know. This woman treated me bad. If you were the last, I wonder if Eve ever said, if you were the last man on earth... He is the only man on earth. Who's she running off with? Well, maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. When you get married, maybe that should be the only man on earth. Oh, no, you're not hearing me now, are you? Because the world's told us, well, that's not the way it is. And we get out of the Word and we don't look at our Genesis face. We don't say, Lord, I'm not worried about what the polls say. I'm not worried about what the 21st century says. Lord, let me see what I am from the beginning. There is no other woman on the earth. 
There was no need for divorce because if you keep it in Genesis, everybody okay? All right, well, man, I'll tell you what. All right, let's, let's just go a little further. Paul, on two occasions, used a very important term. He used the term nature. Everybody say nature. 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 How many like nature? Shayla's driving about an hour to work every day from Mattoon, driving to Decatur, and she said, Dad, I think I've seen the sunrise in the last few months more than I have in my entire life. I said, yeah, it's pretty, isn't it? She said, yeah, you know, the amazing thing, it's the same sunrise every day, but it's different every morning. How many are amazed by nature? Well, that's not the nature we're talking about. We're not talking about going out and finding yourself, but Paul used the term nature. The Greek word nature is phusis, from which we get the English word physical. Everybody say physical. It refers to that which is brought forth and therefore it means the original or inherent constitution of a thing. The inherent constitution of something. Its original state. The word phusis, nature, pertains to created things in their original condition. Okay? How many ever drink? Now, I just have to tell you, I didn't ever want well, now, I wanted to get rid of it then because it got nine miles to the gallon. But I look back and I wish I had that 73 Nova now. Yeah. But if I had it, I might would have needed to do a little work to it. Why? When you get to messing with an old car... You start thinking in terms of, I want to, the term is an old car, I want to do something with it, I want to restore it. And what do you want to restore it to? It's original condition, because if it's fake, it loses its value. You want to restore it to its original. Am I okay? We're talking about that. That's the mental picture of the word nature. It's the 73 Nova back to its original condition. Wow. I'd drive it today if I had it. Boy, sounds like somebody is driving it up there, sounds like. Now Paul used this term of restoring it to its original condition, nature, and by saying nature, phusis, which means its inherent constitution from the beginning. In Romans 1.26, look at this. Romans 1.26, Paul uses this term in Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, crazy love, nutty stuff, wickedness. Everybody okay? That's what the Bible says about what Paul's writing about. And for this cause, God gave them up. And there's a reason why he gave them up for this. And there's a cause there. So you need to look in the previous verses for the cause. There, for this cause, God gave them over to their natural face. This is not what God intended from the beginning. No, this is what they want. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. 
I want to tell you, anytime I deal with a marriage going the wrong way, most times it's, this is what I want. Don't I deserve this now? Am I okay? Yeah. Okay, God gave them up to vile affections for even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against Nature, he's talking about love, he's talking about relationships and you understand the connection here and the last word he uses is that this is against what it was originally meant to be. This is not love in its original condition. Are you hearing what this preacher is saying right now? We don't need to be uh, 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 run or, or, or controlled by the mentality of the world in which we're living in. We need God to show us what he intended for us. We need to get that mirror and say, Lord, show me my Genesis face. If my love is a love of humanity, let me get a divine love in my heart. Is everybody okay? Yeah. Yeah, it's against nature. Nature. This is not love in its original condition. Well, God is love and He must want me to love anybody and everything. Well, wait a minute. God says through Paul that love has an original condition. Uh-oh. Everybody okay? Just, <laughs> wow. Wow. This is popular preaching now. Let's, let's look at another verse Paul uses this term. It's in 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 1 Corinthians 11, if any of you are aware of, the, of, of that chapter, you understand he's talking about authority. Everybody say authority. Genesis phase, how that man was subject to God, or Christ, and Christ was subject to God. And, and in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 14, Look, look at what he said. Look at what he said. Does not man in his original condition show you? He takes relationships back to Eden in Romans chapter 1. He takes sex distinction back to Eden in 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen. He says, doesn't even nature show you that it's a shame for a man to have long hair? Now, remember I talked about seeing your Genesis face? This is the point where people see their Genesis face and they say, I don't like that face. I want to do what I want to do. I'm talking about what God intended for you. Doesn't man in his original condition show you that it's a shame? Do you know that over 90% of men go bald? Feel we just happen to be one of the chosen few. <laughs> but it's working. Something's happening. Some of mine's. It just happens. Right? Why does it happen? What? Man, this is a graduate class. Why does it happen? Well, I wear too many caps. No, it doesn't have anything to do with your cap. It has to do with a hormone that you are made with. It makes you a man. Does anybody want to? Well, Andrew already. Testosterone. It makes you who you are. So then, if, if this is who you are, 
and you don't like who you are, if your Genesis face is, well, you want me to take all the testosterone out of you? I'm upset because I'm going bald. What's that uh, shampoo that you can shampoo? Rogaine. Spilt the bottle of that in the shower and hair started growing all over my back. <laughs> Just a joke. <laughs> Shayla's going, Dad. Implants. They got that stuff now. All you need is a couple of wisps and you spray it and it makes it look like you got a full head of hair. Spray paint. Nobody I know, just spray paint your head. Got a friend that uses it sometimes. Comes an aerosol can. Buy some hair <laughs> on the hair care line. Another reference to Eden is found in the word renew. Everybody say renew. Everybody say renew. The word conveys the idea of returning something to its original condition. Everybody remember the 73 Nova? Let's go to Romans 12 verse 1. Renew. The word means to restore something. That God doesn't want you to continue this pattern of degradation or, or humanity wandering in sin, darkness. Romans 12 verse 1. Let's, let's look at this verse. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. What? A living sacrifice. Somebody say a sacrifice. Hey, I want to tell you something. To be holy is going to be a sacrifice. To be holy, it's going to take a sacrifice. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. But don't ever forget, this is the only thing acceptable to God. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And... Be not conformed to this world. I want to tell you something. That, that part of that verse right there, we need to really think about. We, we need to really get a hold of that. Be not conformed to this world. I don't care what's acceptable. I don't care what they pass a law that says now it's okay. I'm not going to think like this world thinks. But be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. This is the same word used to restore something to its original condition. It's like getting that old 74 Nova and say, no, I don't like that part because it wasn't original. I'm putting it, I'm putting what was original on this. This is what this word renew means. Your mind is not in the place it was. Well, Brother Gene, I just think, well... That's part of the problem. I just think. Well, sometimes human wisdom is in a battle with godly wisdom. Sometimes what you think may be totally contrary to what God thinks. The Bible says I need a renewing of my mind. That I need my mind restored back to its original condition. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's talking to you now. Now it's talking about that renewed mind, thinking crazy stuff. Renewed mind. Everybody say renewed mind. The New Living Translation says it this way, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now I want to say something to you. Apostolics, Pentecostals, we believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But at the infilling of the Holy Ghost, that was just your birth. 
The Holy Ghost is in you now. Not for you to come up every Sunday and go, whoop, I got it again. No, it's there so that you can get your mind. The, the New Living Translation says, let God transform you to a new person by changing the way you think. You are not going to be changed by coming to church every Sunday and, and filling out a membership role or, 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 or just make sure I'm in attendance. You're not changed that way. The way you're changed is by changing the way you think. I want to tell you something. We can't do that in this class. We don't have enough time in this class to change the way you think. Somebody say amen. There's enough tragedy in our our world to go around, wouldn't you say? Yeah. We've all experienced it in a personal way, wouldn't you say? There are many in this room that have experienced forsakenness in their life. What am I going to think about that? Am I just going to try to forget it? Or or am I going to let God renew my thinking? Am I going to let God get in my brain and change who I am by renewing my mind? Ephesians 4, 17. Now, we're, we're headed to the, we're just about done in this class. But, but I want you to see something here. In Ephesians 4 and 17, we're going to read down through the 24th verse. Uh, God wants to transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Everybody say, by changing my mind. Changing my mind. Some of you sitting here today, and I feel God directing this class because whether you believe, I got 10 pages of notes and I'm only on page four, but I do feel God directing this class. Some of you sit here today and you wonder why you keep falling back into old patterns. You know why? You refuse to keep your Genesis face. God renews your mind for a couple of weeks and then something happens and you go right back to the old mind. Somebody say amen. Ephesians 4, 17. Look at this. This I say, now I'm reading a little different translation, but you can, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Don't walk like the world walks. How? In the vanity. Now that word means futility of their mind. (laughs) Wow. Don't walk like the Gentiles in the vanity of their own mind. Here's what their mind is. He's going to describe it. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance... Uh, we're, we're at verse 6, uh, 18. Yeah. Because of the blindness, everybody say ignorance. The ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their own heart. Verse 19, look at this. Who being past feeling. Does that not show, uh, does, is that not a, 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 a gauge of the generation we're in right now? Past feeling. Oh yeah. Past feeling having given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanliness with greediness. You know why they're 
lewd. You know why they're unclean? Because they're greedy. I want this. Uh-oh. It's not about, well, I just can't help sinning. No, it's about what you're greedy for. Uh-oh. With un- uncleanliness, with greediness. Now look at this. But you, he just turned it. He said, here's the vanity of the Gentile mind. They're carried away with all kinds of sins because of their own greediness and it's because of the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of their own heart. But verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard of him, heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former con- conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed, everybody say renewed, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God. God has a Genesis face he wants you to have. But you got to quit acting like Gentiles to have it. Everybody say conduct. Oh, it doesn't matter what I do. Oh, yes, it does. Paul said, if you keep walking like the Gentiles, your conduct will not change. But if you let God get a hold of your mind, it'll change your conduct. Somebody say amen. As our minds are renewed, we become what God intended for us to be at the beginning. And that's what I want to be. God created me in his what? Own image. How many would say fallen man is a long way from what God intended man to be? How many would also say, yes, fallen man is a long way from God. But how many would say... Like 1 John tells us, Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we shall see him, we shall be like him. Listen, this world is full of all kind of stuff. But there's coming a day when what has happened in my heart is going to make itself shown on the outside in a, in a, in a final state. I'm going to become just like him. I was created just like him, but sin messed all that up. But it won't be long, I'll be just like him again. Somebody clap your hands under the Lord. So, and I close. I close, we're going to have just a little break between our class and our main service. But somebody says, well, I'd like for my mind to be renewed. I'd like to, you know, I don't like the things I'm doing. There's some things that I get involved in that make me miserable. There's some things that happen that I I feel like at times I can't help myself. Paul said that. He said, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. How many feels that way sometimes? A few of us. How does that happen? Well, if I read the Bible enough, if I read the Bible, and don't, don't misunderstand me, reading the Bible is very important. But people say, well, if I read the Bible enough, my mind will be changed. If I memorize verses, my mind will be changed. If I go to church, my mind will be changed. We're looking at Titus chapter 3, verse 5. How does my mind become renewed? How does that happen? Is there something I can do? 
to make sure my mind is renewed to its Genesis face. Titus, I think it's chapter 3, and it's verse 5. Read it out loud with me. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Listen, you don't get your mind renewed by memorizing verses. Verses are important. The Holy Ghost is the power that causes us to be renewed. I've never felt it more important than in this hour to tell people what Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Why? Because through the Spirit is the only way your mind can be renewed. I don't know about you, but I need some more renewing today. I need the Holy Ghost to change my mind today. And this is always the objective of the Holy Ghost. To return you completely to your Genesis face. The Holy Ghost wants to make me the man God intended me to be from the beginning. So yes, you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh and it's going to get what the flesh is and that's death. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit and it's going to get what the Spirit is and that's life. Oh, I, don't, I thank God for what, we're, what we've got in the Spirit today and if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, today's the day for you to experience it. If you've experienced it, you need to experience it again. Because for six days you've been laboring. And today is the day for you to say, Lord, get all that junk out of my head. I, I read this on Facebook. I saw this Instagram. I, listen, there are so many things that can distract you. And, and, and not all of them are, are unholy things. But they can get you thinking in a wrong way. Well, it must be normal because everybody's doing it. Oh, yeah. Well, Lord, change my mind today. Would you lift your hand if you want the Lord to change your mind today? Just lift. Lord, change my mind today. Move on me by the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's pray that.